The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, today we're planning on having another clip on Super Soul Sunday, the upcoming Super Soul Sunday by Oprah, and where she's going to get to interview some of the world's thought leaders on what the world looks like today with Reverend Ed Bacon and Elizabeth Lesser and Mark Nepo. So we're going to do that during the last segment of the show, so hang in here for that. And uh, t- today we're also talking about the many names of the divine, including the Jewish te- te- Tetragrammaton. Y-H-V-Y, which we're not really supposed to say the name, Elohim, El, and Jehovah, the Hindu Brahman, the Islamic Allah, the Baha'i Baha, the Zoroastrian Ahur Mazda, and others. We seem to have this need to name the divine, but our guest today, Rabbi Wayne Dosick, tells us that none of the names we know from the Bible, particularly from the Hebrew Bible, for God are enough. Rather, he says the real name of God leads to the revolutionary Revelation of both the God of the universe and the inner God of breath and soul. Combining scholarship with the sacred and challenging long-held comfortable beliefs, the rabbi's latest book entitled The Real Name of God, Embracing the Full Essence of the Divine, reveals what he calls the real name for God, a name that unites us in a new way. Rabbi Wayne Dosick is an educator, writer, spiritual guide, and healer, and radio show and his host in his own right, who teaches and counsels about faith, ethical values, life transformations, and evolving consciousness. He's the spiritual guide of the Elijah Minion and the host of the internet show Spirit Talk Live. For over 17 years, he served as visiting adjunct professor at the University of San Diego, teaching the only courses in Jewish studies in this Catholic university. He's the award-winning author of eight previously, uh, previous critically acclaimed books, including Living Judaism, Golden Rules, Soul Judaism, When Life Hurts, The Business Bible, The Best is Yet to Be, and with his wife, Ellen Kaufman Dosick, a Master's in Social Work, 20-Minute Kabbalah and Empowering Your Indigo Child. His latest is the book we're talking about today, The Real Name of God, Embracing the Full Essence of the Divine. Rabbi Dosik has been described as a rational intellect with the soul of a mystic and a spiritual master of our time. So welcome, Rabbi Dosik, to the Authentic Living Show. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. It's a great pleasure to be here. And just as long as we're dealing with names, mine is a difficult name to pronounce. It's actually pronounced Dosik. You know that by how it's spelled, but that's how it's pronounced. Well, so thank I'm you so very, much. very, very glad to be here with you. Yes, thank you. I should have asked you that before the show started. Thank you very much for that correction. I want to pronounce it correctly. Quite all right. You can imagine all the different names I answered to in high school gym. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. 
All right, so let's get to this thing. Uh, there are so many names for the for God, uh, not just in Jewish, Christian, and Muslim religions, which you reference in the book. So using the Bible as our primary reference for naming God has its limitations, which you also talk about in the book. So what are your thoughts on the validity of the Tanakh and the Torah in particular? Well, the, the, the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, um, the Torah, was absolutely the right energetic expression for its time and its place. Uh, my question is, or was, before I started doing this work, is how does the one perfect God have so many different names? And you mentioned quite a few of them. And my other question was, how does the one perfect God, who loves us and holds us in tender compassion and gives us this stellar set of rules to live by, how does this God behave so, frankly, so badly so often, angry and harsh and militant and male authoritarian and domineering and vengeful and revengeful. So, uh, I, I, after doing all this uh, wondering and all this studying, my conclusion is that none of the names we have forgot, none of the names we have forgot is God's real name. Each one represents one aspect or attribute or characteristic or manifestation or behavior of God. But none is the whole, complete, total God. So if you picture, for example, a beach ball with its many, many colored panels, each one of the colored panels of the divine beach ball is one of the names of God representing just one of the aspects of God. But I wondered, could I go back into the Bible itself and find the name of the whole God, the entire beach ball, hiding there in plain sight for all these years, just waiting for the right energetic moment in time to be revealed. And I found it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not a surprise. I'm, I'm a student of the, the language, the root language of the Bible as well, and, and I really have, I found it as well. Probably not the same way or the same words that you found, but yeah, it's definitely there. So I'm really glad to talk with you about that. That was one of the most intriguing things about your work that I was very interested in talking with you about. And one of those things I just so want to ask, I want to ask, what did you find? I found uh, uh, a more global, more universal uh, energy that I don't call by God. I call it the divine because I don't know the name I, and I don't have a name. You've given it a name. I don't have that. But I do have a, 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 that sort of force that allows us to come true to the inner, in, what you call the inside of the insides. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, in, in further well, definition. We're probably, we're probably very much at the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference is I didn't uh, name it. I just found the name that's right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Sorry if I said that wrong. Yeah, you, absolutely. And I could tell in reading the book that you had absolutely done that. And I, and we're going to talk about that exact name. Before we go there, I want to talk about one of my favorite stories in the book that you have. It's so lovely. And, and the whole book is lovely, actually. Thank you. But the, uh, the, one of the stories that I just adored was the story of you know, when Moses asked to see the face of God and God says, okay, I'm going to hide you in the rock. And and uh, and what you dis- decided there about, I mean, what you found in the language there about what that word rock means, mm-hmm. uh, I, well, I want you to tell us about that, if you will. Moses says to God, I want to see you, the Hebrew is panim el panim, that is, 
usually translated as face to face. And God says to Moses, listen, Moses, you're a good guy. You're my big helper here. I love you, but no one can see my face and live. And I can just imagine the conversation. Moses says, listen, God, I'm working very hard for you. And this is an easy job, schlepping through the desert with all these people. And all they're doing is complaining, not enough water, not enough good food. This is the one thing I'm asking for, and I think I deserve it. God said, well, you know, you probably do deserve it, but I just can't let it happen. So God says, listen, I've got an idea. And we usually think that God says to Moses, go stand over there in the cleft of the rock, and I'll pass my glory, my back, before you, and you'll at least know my glory. But it's not what it says in the text. The text says, God says to Moses, I will put you, not go stand there, but I will put you in the cleft, in the cleavage of the rock. Now, the interesting thing about that is that one of the biblical names for God is rock, as in, O rock of Israel, Tur in Hebrew. So what God is really saying to Moses is, I will put you in the cleavage, in the cleft of me. And that way we can know each other, panim el panim, face to face. And one of my great teachers and rabbis, Rabbi Shlomo Karlbach of uh, Blessed Memory, teaches or reminds us that the Hebrew word panim means not only face, but it means inside. So what God is saying to Moses is, I will put you in the midst of me, in my cleavage, and we will know each other from the inside of the inside, at the very, very depths of our being. Yeah, and isn't that the story of mysticism in general? Well, it is. It's how we come into the Holy Presence. Absolutely, absolutely. That is so beautifully said, and 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 it's so uh, it so sort of rounds out the picture of uh, that that divine essence that both we and the divine are. And you talk further about that in the latter part of the book as well. You know, one of the things I find really interesting, uh, Rabbi Dasik, is that the divine said, I am that I am, but usually when we refer to the divine, we don't, in, as it is in the Bible, at least in, in the uh, Torah, and the, uh, is that it, we call him Lord or God or even Jehovah, but not I am that I am, which he referred to himself as I am that I am. And you talk about that as well. Can you clarify more about that? Well, in order to do that, first I have to tell you the name of God, okay? All right. All right. So we have to take a step backward because, or a step forward, but not two steps forward yet. Okay. So the real name of God, the name of the divine beach ball that encompasses all the aspects of the divine, is Anochi. Anochi is one of those words. Mm -hmm. In English we transliterate saying A-N-O-C-H-I. But Anochi is one of those words. If you have the Jewish Hanukkah or Chala, you have it. If you don't, then it's Johann Sebastian Bach, the great composer. You have the the guttural sound. Anochi is usually translated as I, like me, I. But Mm -hmm. Hebrew has another word for I, which is the small self, the ego self, the personal self. Anochi is the totality, the fullness, the completeness. So it is used 359 times in the Bible. When, whenever it is in the voice of God, it, the totality of God, the wholeness of God, is vital to the teaching or to the event. 
when it is used in the voice of human beings, and it is, it is when a human being is asking, how do I come into the fullness of my God self? How do I touch the God within, the imminent God? And so, now that we know that, when Moses says to God at the burning bush, all right, if you're sending me to Egypt, who shall I say sent me? Mm-hmm. He's not asking who shall you tell Pharaoh send me. He's asking who shall I tell the Hebrew slaves send me? Because after all, the Hebrew slaves were, had been slaves for hundreds of years. They knew about God only as the tribal stories of their great 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 grandparents, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel, and Leah. They didn't know of the God of the of the Hebrews. So. God says to Moses, all right, tell them, in Hebrew, yeah, asher, yeah, usually translated as I am that I am. It comes from a Hebrew verb meaning becoming, isness, isness. So it's I was, I am, and I always will be. It's the totally, total evolving beingness of God. But So you'll say, well, that's God's name. If God says, tell them I am that I am, it's God's name. Which would be true, except that whole sequence of conversation begins with the word Anochi. I source, I the source of all. Uh, the God of your ancestors, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And then the conversation continues. So it seems to me what God is saying there to Moses is, look, you are the most evolved spiritual being on earth. It is you and I who are going to have a direct, personal, intimate relationship. But the slaves, with still the slave mentality and the knowledge of God only through uh, old tribal stories, they're not ready yet. They're not at that spiritual level yet. And so I'm telling you, through my enochiness, to tell them something that they will understand at this spiritual place in their lives. So enochi is the I am presence. The I am presence is Anochi. Anochi is God. Okay, so what is it that when he goes back to the Israelites, what does he tell the Israelites? If they're not ready to hear Anochi, what does he tell them? He tells them what God says to tell them, Asher I am that I am. It's a word from a Hebrew verb, which is isness, becomingness. So I was, I am, I always will be. I am God in the constant process of evolving and becoming. So God says to Moses, you are ready for the entire, uh, entirety of the spiritual relationship with me. They're not ready yet. So this is what you tell them when you go there. This is how I will be known to them. Okay, so Anoki is more than beingness. Anoki is the totality of every, the everything of the everything. Okay. And it's one of the things that we learn with this discovery, that an- Anochi is, interestingly in Hebrew, a genderless word. Most words are gendered one way or the other, just like in English. So Anochi is a genderless word, which means it's genderful. It means that, that God is both male and female. God is the everything of the everything, right and wrong, good and evil, light and dark and shadow, uh, justice and mercy. So God is the everything of the everything. Everything is of God. And we who are created in the image of God, who are created in the reflection of God, we too 
are the everything of the everything, because everything uh, of God, not God, but everything of God is within us. And so we are not God, but we are of God, and we too have the everything of the everything. Jung understood this about 100 years ago when he talked about the archetypes within and the art, the art, one, one is male, one is female, one is, uh, one is good, one is evil. So that's how um, it's understood in modern times, and this is one of those revelations that tells us this. And it's most important now because there has been, throughout history, a rift between the masculine and the feminine. And um, there's been a separation and a disconnection. And that disconnection is being rebraided in the heavenly realms. And as above, so below. The only way for us to bring peace and decency and goodness and uh, justice and mercy and uh, love love uh, into this world is to heal the rift between the masculine and the feminine so that we feel this oneness of the oneness consciousness of everyone on earth. Okay. Yes, so that makes a big difference. All right, so we're going to take a break in just a few minutes, so we don't have a lot of time to talk right now, so I'm going to ask you for a short answer to this question. But uh, in in a just quick summary, what was it that sort of clued you in to this real name of God? Well, it was the, the, uh, the questions that I was asking, which I uh, indicated at the beginning of the program, and then I just went into prayer and meditation over and over and over again. And I said, uh, reveal yourself. Tell me who you are. Tell me your name. And I just kept hearing over and over again the word Anochi, Anochi. And so I uh, had the great uh, help of a biblical program called Accordance and my distinguished colleague, Rabbi Google. And so I could just put the name into the computer and it bounced out all 359 times that it's used in the Bible, and because I can read the Hebrew text, I went and studied each one of those times, and I found that it was either in the voice of, of God or in the voice of human beings in the circumstances that I described earlier. Isn't that amazing? You went to the inside of the insides to get the answer on the inside of the insides. Well, that's, that's a beautiful way to put it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just think that's so true of so many of the answers that we get, that we, we don't get them from the external, even the external resources such as uh, the Tanakh, the Bible, the Christian Bible, the, you know, um, Kabbalah, any of those. We don't get it from that. We get it from what we perceive inside of ourselves about that so we're going to be talking some more about that right after the break stay tuned for more from uh rabbi dasik and uh, the real name of god the voice america seventh wave channel Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. 
Healing from the Heart is the show that focuses on freeing the heart by releasing the hidden energies that keep it from doing what the heart was created to do, give and receive love. Every week, your host, Chris Chimbers, an energetic healing practitioner, will explore different aspects of his work, interview leading healers, respond to listeners' questions, and even do some live sessions on air. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, for Healing from the Heart on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. There's a course offered on 7th Wave Network that you never saw offered in college. One that provides information on how to transform ancient wisdom teachings into everyday life. You'll learn how to create from your spirit and explore the world with all of your senses. Participation is encouraged. Enroll in Spirituality 101, the course you can't afford to miss with your host, Reverend Norma. Class is in session every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time in your favorite classroom, 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. You may wonder what the terms holistic theology mean. Well, theology is the study of the divine, and holistic theology is a holistic study of the divine that includes all religions and even transcends religion to get to the mystical core of them all. The American Institute of Holistic Theology offers a holistic study of the divine that includes all religions and even transcends religion to get to the mystical core of them all. The American Institute of Holistic Theology offers doctorate, master's, and ministerial bachelor's degrees, chaplaincy programs with internship, NBCC-approved continuing education, and a brand-new Ph.D. program in holistic theology. AIHT's programs include degrees in the following, holistic theology, offering as terminal degrees both a Th.D. and a Ph.D., holistic ministries, holistic health and spiritual care, metaphysical spirituality and alternate spiritual traditions which includes in-depth studies of the paranormal using a home study model for distance learning the student of AHT gets a thorough education in the field that fulfills and offers a chance to authenticate a unique gift for the world this is not just another spiritual diploma mill AHT is a real educational program where you'll get a real learning experience in a broad spectrum of educational endeavors utilizing as your text writing teachers spiritual experts from all over the world For those interested in enrolling, there's a small down payment, and then you pay a monthly rate, interest-free, toward manifesting your dream. And right now, AIHT is running a special program in which if you email in before July 1st, you can get a free course. Just email Beverly Love at AIHT. Dot edu and put win a free course in the subject line. If your letter is drawn, you'll win a free course in which you can try out the education you can receive at AIHT. 
The big deal is that facilitating your dream is AIHT's mission. All you have to do to enroll is either go to www.aiht.edu or contact Admissions Director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. Again, if you'd like to enroll right now, pick up the phone and call 800-650-4325 to learn how to fulfill your deepest longings for a fulfilling career serving others using your own unique gift. And today, as we said, we're interviewing Rabbi... Dasik regarding his book, The Real Name of God, and we've been talking about how he came to know that name. And uh, you've revealed for us that the everything of everything is really the name of God, Anoki, and it has that was the first of the world-changing reformations that you talk about in the book. There's three others. Can you tell us about those? Thank you. Um, sounds like an interesting program. If I didn't have a doctorate already, I might enroll. Um, <laughs> Come on. Yeah, right, or... Maybe I'll be on your faculty one day. All uh, right. So it goes like this. The second thing is that, um, that this teaches us, this uh, discovery teaches us that God is both the transcendent God of creation and history, the God who is, some say, far away, but certainly the God with whom most religions and faith communities have a communal relationship and a communal way of being in touch and in relationship with that God. And God is also, at the very same time, the imminent God, the God within, the God of breath and soul and heart, the God who is deep, deep within each and every one of us, and with whom we can have a personal relationship so that we can be with God not only in the communal way, but also in a deep, personal, intimate, loving relationship. The third thing is that it reminds us that the God we read of often in the Bible, who is harsh and angry and vengeful and revengeful and brings plagues and decimates enemies and swallows up the unfaithful, that is only one aspect of God. Many think that it is the entirety of God. And if that's the case, who wants to have a relationship with that kind of God? And so some of our people get very stuck, particularly our 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds. If that's who God is, I don't want to have a relationship with God. Uh, I always reply, if that's the God you don't like, it's the God I don't like either. Uh, so it tells us that 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 aspect of God is just one aspect, and we need not get stuck there. And finally, and probably most exciting and meaningful in this moment in time, you know the theme song of the world seems to be, my God's better than your God, and um, we there? Yes. Good. Um, so my God's better than your God, and if you don't believe me, I'll become a fundamentalist, and I'll make you believe me, or if that's not enough, I'll become a radical militant, and if that's not enough, I'll become a terrorist, and make you believe me. But what we find out here is that God is saying to us, my children, there is one God. I have one name. You can continue to call me by the names you call me, because in any family, one child may call the father dad or daddy or pops, mommy, mom, mama. Uh, it's all the same parent. So I am the one parent of you all, and I love you all, and I don't play favorites amongst your ch- my children. I love you with deep, unconditional, non-judgmental love, and I hope you will love me in the same way, and I am asking you to love each other in that same way. 
because we have come to the place in our world where either you, my children, says God, will learn to live together in unity and harmony and tranquility and peace and love, or you have developed the technological means to destroy each other and perish from this earth. There is, the entirety of human existence is at stake now, and I am telling you, says God, I love you all, and I want you to love each other. Okay, so that's a big impact on the world if we could all just get that. So let me ask this. If, if um, there are a lot of people who theorize that some of the uh, aspects of God that you've called maybe Yahweh, uh, Jehovah, the different aspects of God, the angry, mean, jealous God, are actually projections onto the divine from human consciousness or unconsciousness. And um, that that the the true God, the one God, is this uh, I am that I am, this Anoki I, as you are the I source, um, that you talk about in the book that, that is... Uh, that is the everything of everything. So what do you think about that theory? Well, that would mean putting the entire Bible into question. Mm -hmm. And that's in some ways what we are doing here. I think that each name that we have for God was the absolutely correct name, the correct energetic name for its time and its place. There's a whole a long story here, which we don't have enough time for. But at any given moment, Source, that is Anochi, puts an aspect of Source into the office, which we call Elohim, which is the manifestation of God on Earth. And at a certain point in the beginning of the Exodus story, we hear from Source that... that, um, uh, that at the time of the patriarchs and the matriarchs, the aspect of God who was in the God office at that time was El Shaddai. El Shaddai is one of the aspects of God implying the feminine, because the word Shaddai means breasts. And so this was, makes sense because it was the nurturing, caring, loving God of the patriarchs and the matriarchs. But at that moment, it's Exodus uh, chapter 6, verse 2, if anybody's interested. Um, God says, I, I, they knew me by the name El Shaddai, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they didn't know. I never revealed to them my name, Yahweh, yud heh Adonai. At that moment, El Shaddai is being taken out of the office. yud heh is being put in for the purpose of getting them out of Egypt, because this is the God of the mighty hand and the outstretched arm. So the right form of God appears at the right energetic moment in time. Now the right energetic moment in time says we can't have these aspects hanging out there anymore and uh, one choosing one and one choosing uh, another. Uh, we must have the wholeness, the totality, the fulfillment, the fullness, the completeness of God that whom everybody knows. So your answer would be basically that God meets us where we're at and, and speaks to us in a language we can understand. That's a beautiful way to put it. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's definitely one of the answers that uh, people have to that question. And I, I, I've asked this question to lots of people, so you, you're not the only one about that I've asked that to. I, I think it's a real interesting um, configuration, this God. You've said, you've said that um, 
you know, a child might call his mother, mommy, mom, you know, uh, daddy, uh, papa, whatever. And, uh, but their character doesn't change with each one of those names. So they might call them different names, but their character doesn't change. In this case, the character of this, uh, the historical uh, entity we call God, it changes. Um, well, I wouldn't say so much the character, but I would say the, the circumstance. You know, a little girl might call her father daddy when he's tucking her into bed at night. And when he's her soccer coach running up and down the field with a bunch of other seven or eight year old girls, she might call him, Hey, Pop! Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't know what the circumstance uh, helps in the revelation. I see. Okay. Okay. So this is, this is a really fascinating discussion because we do have so many names for, for the divine and how we interact with the divine and what that means and whether it's a multiplicity of, of, of different gods as we see in the Hindu faith or whether it's God that is the I am that I am, the Enochi I. Um, and, it, and we, uh, we relate to the name, don't we? Well, we can, we can say that it is the many, many, many faces of the same one God. Mm-hmm. That's a way to put it, too. You can use the beach ball um, example, or you can, use, you can say many, many faces, many, many manifestations of the same one God. Uh, right. We, uh, unfortunately, get caught up on the individual manifestations. Mm-hmm. But what we're talking about here is the acceptance, the reality, acceptance of the reality of all the names of God being a part of of the whole one God. Yeah. So how would you say that Anoki is different from Yahweh, so to speak? Yahweh is one of the panels of the beach ball. Yahweh right. is one of the aspects, one of the attributes, one of the manifestations of the divine, just like all the other names of God are one. It seems to be the dominant one because it's the one that is most in the Hebrew Bible. But... Um, to use uh, a modern example, uh, Anochi is the CEO and appoints Yahweh to be the COO. And he says to us, uh, I am your God, and I've appointed a COO, and I'm telling you to love and respect and honor and follow that COO as if it were me, because he, she is acting at my, beha- on my, at my bequest on my behalf. Yeah, you actually say that in the book. There's a uh, something you talk about in there, Second Samuel twelve seven and nine, where uh, where there's actually a a, um, a Bible, a couple of Bible verses that say, Anoki wants to know why the people haven't obeyed Yahweh. Right. Yeah. So so basically, that that goes along with what you said. The big CEO comes along and says, "Okay, how come you haven't been obeying the COO?" Right. Because in, in a in a Deuter- uh, verse from Deuteronomy six, where um, which has been transferred into the centerpiece of the Jewish prayer service, it says, "You shall love the Lord your God, Adonai Yahweh, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might." And these words, which Anochi commands you this day. So there's a perfect example of Anochi commanding to love Yahweh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and you said you didn't like that other aspect of God, so what do we do with that? What do we do when we don't like an aspect of the divine? 
Well, I don't know if you're married, but do you like every aspect of your husband? Do you like every aspect of your children? No. Um, at least I assume not, because you would be the only person on earth who does. Um, so not wanting to speak for you, but assuming. And so we learn to live with the, the parts that, um, that we perhaps don't like as much as we like other parts, and we understand them in their context. So once we understand that that mighty hand and outstretched charm was to get um, the Hebrew slaves out of slavery and to bring them into freedom to meet God and to accept God's commands at Sinai, then we understand uh, that aspect of God in the context uh, in, in which it um, played out its Yahweh-ness. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, so, and I want to talk about this more at length uh, in the next segment, but the, if we relate only to one aspect of God, like, for example, if we relate only to the judgmental, harsh, jealous God, uh, then we try to become like that, as we've been instructed to be like our gods, then we then we'll go around being harsh and judgmental and fixing that on other people and kind of commanding them to be like we want them to be. And, and, uh, and, and certainly we have examples of that throughout history of people doing that. Uh, so, so what you're saying is now we've reached a time where breaking off those aspects and trying to live them out is no longer going to work for us. That's correct. And, and I would just say, what if the only aspect uh, that your husband concentrated on about you is that you're a great cook? Mm-hmm. What would happen to all the other magnificent aspects of you that your husband's missing out on? Right, 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 exactly. So that so the notion is that you're trying to get us to another another evolutionary phase or this idea certainly has the potential of getting us to another evolutionary phase in which we receive more of the roundness of this whole idea of the everything of the everything and instead of the, you know, boxed off limited versions of some particular aspect of the divine. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that definitely could have a world impact, and we're going to be talking about the impact on the world in the next segment as we uh, move closer to our clip about uh, the next upcoming show, Super Soul Sunday show, um, with Oprah and her interviewees. And uh, so we want to stay tuned for that right after this break. We'll be back in just a minute. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Every moment that we live provides us with numerous opportunities to grow more deeply spiritually through our active engagement in positive, concrete ways that can uplift, encourage, and help ourselves and each other. Become a part of Our Sacred Journey with your host, Audrey Katagawa. Our program will include guests who will share their experiences with you to inspire you to help create a peaceful, cooperative present and future and to explore your creativity and the valuable contributions which you can make. Our Sacred Journey airs live Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. Many of us make choices in our lives based on how others react. 
But what should really matter is making our life choices based on what we intuitively feel by tuning in to The Mystic and the Mystery with Inspired Intuition hosts Beth Porozhik and Christine McIver. You'll receive the tools and inspiration you need to do just that. Your fears do not have to drive you, and you are naturally intuitive, creative, and whole. By believing in yourself, you can live the life you've been longing for. Listen for The Mystic and the Mystery, every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll-free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back, and I promised you that we'd be having a clip from uh, Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul Sunday, this uh, segment, and we will be having that in just a few minutes where we're going to be talking, she's going to be talking to her interviewees about the state of the world, and we're going to talk just a little bit now before that clip about the state of the world, uh, because this this name, the real name of God that you have talked about in your book, uh, Rabbi Dasik, is has to do with how we all perceive ourselves as well as how we perceive the divine. And that is huge in terms of how we interact with each other, how we, you know, you said my God's better than your God, that idea. Um, and, and yeah, there is a lot of that. There's also a lot of I'm better than you. <laughs> so if we bring that down to the human level, um, uh, you, you mentioned um, – El Shaddai being the breath and the feminine aspect of the divine and no breast, not breast. breast. Oh, breast. I'm it's sorry, it's, I misunderstood that. Yes, yeah, the breast. Yeah. yeah, the feminine aspect of the divine right. and there. Carl Jung talks about what that means, and there's other people have different theories. I usually think of the of the feminine aspect as a receiver. Um, and the masculine aspect as a goer outer or a giver, and um, so that we, if in in a holistic way of viewing a person, one individual person, we have to go inside to receive what's there to be received, and then we carry that outside into the world, and that's how we unite the uh, the in, the fe- feminine and the masculine. So, as we transition now into a world that is uh, becoming slightly, at least, uh, more respectful of women and more respectful of the feminine idea and ideal, the archetype of the feminine, uh, how do you see sort of God as a receiver? Is that, is that a possible way of looking at that? Well, I, see, I see the notion that is building that we are all both. Mm-hmm. So it, it, we don't, we, we're, not, we're not the same, but we are one. And so there's this oneness consciousness that is bubbling up that says everything of everything is in all of us. So how do I know? Well, look, the, the world in which we live 
so masculine dominated for so long. And in the 50s, we talked about the corporate culture of the corporate ladder. Men would climb the corporate ladder from mailman to uh, CEO and clawing his way up in the gray flannel suit. But, you know, we don't have that, that, that corporate image is breaking down more and more. Why? Because we're coming to a more and more egalitarian world. Um, men build the ladders and women uh, create uh, networks and weave webs. And so how is our world manifesting that egalitarianism? We don't have the worldwide ladder. We have the worldwide Internet and the worldwide web. And so we are manifesting this, this notion that everybody, everybody, everybody has access to everything because we are everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, you know, one of the things I thought about when, when we were talking earlier about uh, the story that I, I find to be so beautiful about when uh, Moses asked to see the face of God and see God face to face, as you put it, uh, what, and God uh, answered that he was going to be, um, going to allow Moses to meet him from the inside of the insides. And, and that whole idea is, in my view, sort of God receiving us and us receiving God, uh, well, a sort of mutual exactly reception. The, the whole notion here, that when we are in deep, personal, intimate relationship with God, God is inside of us. Mm-hmm. God is inside of us. After all, what, what is it that makes this lump of clay that's you or me? this lump of chemicals worth a couple hundred dollars on the open market. What makes us living, breathing, animated human beings? Well, it is the breath of God. We learned that from, from Adam in the very beginning. God breathed into Adam the Ruach Elohim, the breath of God, and the Nishmat Chaim, the soul of life, and Adam became a living human being. God takes away our breath and we return to the dust. So, you know, mindful breathing is not just for the Buddhists alone. If we breathe mindfully... And the whole second half of the book is a series of poems and prayers and meditations and uh, spiritual exercises and chants, C-H-A-N-T-S, 30 chants that you can listen to on the website, www.godisanochianochi.com. You can go to the website and listen to them, as we used to say on the south side of Chicago where I grew up, free for nothing, or if you wish to own the the um, chance you can download us do a download or you can purchase a um, uh, hard copy CD and those chants help us be in touch with the God who is within us and the therefore be in touch with each other as children of God so the chant um, in Hebrew and in English is Ruach 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 Breathing, 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 breathing. If you can chant that for 30 or 60 or 90 seconds a day and not think about even the words, not think about the chanting, just feel the feeling of the breath, that is God's breath within you, that is God within you. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, and and that is and and then we are also in God as God puts us in that cleft or that uh into the insides of God and that that is what I find so beautiful is to think that I might be inside God as God is inside me. So right. that, that 
beautiful exactly. uh, image. Just exactly. was so outstanding. The, the image to that, me. The, um, Walt Whitman, the great American poet, uh, his imagery is like two waves rolling over each other and interwetting each other. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. He's one of my favorite poets. All right, so we're basically talking about the state of the world right now and how it is that the world as a whole can receive the God that uh, the God that is everything that is everything. And you know, I've been not so comfortable using the word God, and I'm using it today because that's the word you're using in your book. But uh, we're, when we t- talk about this state of the world, it certainly does include what we think of the divine, and as that. How what we think of ourselves as well. So what is the state of the world? Well, Oprah joins in a significant conversation this coming Sunday with Reverend Ed Bacon, Elizabeth Lesser, and Mark Nepo, three dynamic thought leaders. They'll be discussing today's top headlines, bringing unique and thoughtful perspectives to these topics, ranging from prescription drugs to terrorism and gun violence to our fascination with celebrity culture. So you don't want to miss this upcoming Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern and Pacific, May 26th, Super Soul Sunday. Be there for that. And here's the clip. I really need this conversation. And I think you may, too. I've been wanting to do a show like this for a very long time. We'll talk about what's really going on in our lives, in our country, and in our world through a different lens. Three great thought leaders weigh in with me. Reverend Ed Bacon, best-selling authors Elizabeth Lesser, and Mark Nepo. I call it the bigger picture on Super Soul Sunday. All new this Sunday, 11 a.m., 10 Central. All right, so that's what's coming up on Super Soul Sunday this next Sunday, May the 26th. And you don't want to miss that. It's one of the, my favorite shows of the whole world. I love to, to see these wonderful conversations with some of the best-selling authors. So be there for that. And uh, so we were talking about that state of the world and what impact it is that this whole idea of the real name of God has on the world. So can you say a little bit more about that? How much difference, you know, the world is what it is, Rabbi Dasik. How much difference can our knowing what you call the real name of God mean to the world? Uh, well, first of all, I didn't hear my name mentioned by Oprah, so next time you talk to her, tell her uh, <laughs> that she can have me on her program as well. Um, look, in, in uh, 1987, we held this thing called the Harmonic Convergence. A bunch of young people stood around the world holding hands and singing songs, and we said we were going to bring the love vibration into the world. And the people looked at us and said, what, are you crazy? The lovely version was a bunch of young kids uh, doing nothing. Well, maybe we did nothing. But, you know, just the singing itself uh, brought uh, a, a certain new energy into the world. And if I had told you in 1986 that I predicted within 20 years the Berlin Wall will fall, the Soviet Union will fall, all the satellite countries will become um, democratic in one way or another, Blacks and whites will ride buses together in South Africa. Protestants and Catholics will stop shooting each other in Northern Ireland. And every once in a while, Israelis and Arabs will sit down at a peace table. You would have called me crazy. Now, did a bunch of people holding hands around the world singing songs, did that bring that about? Well, it certainly brought about a new energy to the world. You know, somebody once said to me, uh, you Jews, you, have, you pray three times a day, a formal ritual prayer three times a day. And uh, you've been doing this for thousands of years. And every time, three times a day, in every one of those prayer services, you have a prayer for peace. 
and there is no peace. So what a wor- worthless prayer. And I said, you know, if everybody on the face of the earth prayed for peace at the exact same moment, for that moment at least, we'd have peace. Yeah. And there are for many- another moment, and then for another moment. So with all due respect, I reject your notion that the world is what it is. The world is in constant process of becoming. And we are God's co-creative partners in that becoming. And the more we co-create, the more the world becomes a better and better place. One of the other chants in the book says, I place God before me always. What does it mean to place God before me always? It means that I put God in my face. That's what the kids on the street would say. It means God's everywhere. I just have to be constantly aware of that. And so if I'm constantly aware that God is everywhere in the in the... Uh, every other human being, and in the orange, and in the elephant, and in the table, then when I go into the bank and I have to wait in an incredibly long line because the teller is so slow, or I go into the convenience store and the teenage clerk can't make change for a dollar bill without using the computer, or some somebody cuts me off in a traffic, I could yell and scream and pound the steering wheel. I could get to the front of the line and berate the clerk or the, the teller, but what good would that do? If I do that, all it does is diminish another person's godness. And in diminishing another person's godness, I diminish my own godness. Mm-hmm. And in diminishing my own godness, I diminish God's godness. Every moment that we are on this planet as living, breathing human beings, we have the ability to elevate the human spirit, to elevate the human consciousness, to elevate God's love for us and our love for God and our love for each other. So... What can we do? Everything. Every moment of every day. Nobody's uh, grandma or grandpa makes a war. A, uh, no, nobody, nobody, no general or president makes a war. Somebody's grandma or grandpa does. And if you say, grandma, grandpa, don't make people fight with each other. Don't make me go out there and maybe get killed. Your grandma or your grandpa will look at that in very, very different ways. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and and thank you for outright rejecting that notion that the world is the wor- what the world is because I agree with you that whole idea is one in which that s- comes from well we're we're all doomed anyway. So uh and yes you're right we are in a becoming and just as just as the isness is the isness so we are the isness as well. And uh so We've been talking today to Rabbi Dasik about his wonderful book. I really would encourage you to read this book. One of the things that it offers is a unification between the three major, one, three of the major religions in the world, um, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. So if you are interested in hearing how that can happen, this book is a beautiful uh, rendition of that. So pick up the book and and and. And read it. It's a really excellent view of the everything that is the everything. And uh, so, this. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add before we go? Well, I would just like to uh, thank you for uh, having me on the program and for your very, very probing and beautiful questions. And I would like to say to everybody come with me on the journey. Come back to Sinai again to hear the real name of God, to meet God face to face and to, through God, in in our co-creative partnership with God, move this world closer and closer to Eden on Earth. One God, one world, one people. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And uh, in that vein, uh, we're going to be talking next week about uh, my upcoming book called Inhabiting Heaven Now. Um, it is all about that same concept of bringing us to that place of understanding that we are all one and that uh, we can live in that place we call heaven now, returning to Eden in that sense. Um, so you want to be here for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.